0: Educator. No segments this week because it is a mock draft episode. That's right. Six weeks into the college season, five weeks into the NFL season. It's time to take a little bit of pause, reevaluate, and get a full, deep understanding of the 2024 rookie class as it sits today in mid-October 2023. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a four-round Superflex PPR, no tight end premium rookie mock draft, and we're going to go ahead and get into it right now. Here at the 101, there has been absolutely no movement. It is Caleb Williams. Williams will be the consensus 101 in all Superflex formats. The only question at this point in time is how valuable will he be in the dynasty context when he enters the NFL. So right now, if you look at the Rookie Big Board and all patrons over at patreon.com slash rookie big board have the ability to do this, you could compare Caleb Williams directly to a dynasty asset In that dynasty range right now, it's equivalent with Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. Uh, Caleb Williams is special. He's a dual-threat athlete. He's got great arm talent. He has great athleticism, and he just does things that you shouldn't be able to do at the quarterback position. 22 touchdowns to one interception so far this season, over 1,800 passing yards through his first six games. That's over 300 yards a game, and he's left at least half of those games at halftime. Caleb Williams is really impressive. He displays great decision-making. By the way, he scored six times on the ground so far this season. Lock it up, Caleb Williams 101. So here's where things get interesting. I'm the guy that absolutely prioritizes the quarterbacks in Superflex formats, pushes them up the board, understanding the value of when you hit on that rookie quarterback, the the return is exponential. You can get a really, really strong, not only production boost for your lineup, but also if you're looking to trade them, a really big return on investment for that 102 pick. However, that being said, I'm going Marvin Harrison Jr. here at the 102. Marvin Harrison Jr., 6'4", 205. He's got 25 receptions and five games played so far this year. Nearly 500 yards. He's averaging 20 yards of reception. He's got four touchdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr., he's on track to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. He plays really well along the boundary. He's fast. He's athletic. He's got freaky vertical ability excellent handwork he has elite level ball tracking don't like to throw that word around a lot but he really is a special player when it comes to tracking the ball bringing it in so I'm going to prioritize that we've seen in recent rookie production that the wide receiver position is not one we have to wait on any longer. I mean, think about the type of value return that Justin Jefferson has put into your lineup, right? Jamar Chase put into the lineup in his rookie year. So it's not only that production, but now these are guys that are consensus first round picks. So yes, I'm going to prioritize the quarterback position and quarterbacks are going to get boosted in the rookie big board rating, but Marvin Harrison Jr. even goes beyond on that boost. And that's why I'm taking him at 102 here in this rookie mock draft. And then I'm just going to keep this going here. I'm going to go Brock Bowers at 103. Now I should take a moment and pause here and point out the fact that when I do these mock drafts, It's a combination of my rankings and what I feel like consensus is. Because I'm not just going to read down my top 48 rankings, because patrons can just go on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board, get access to the rookie big board, and they can read the rankings for themselves. So I don't do that on these mock drafts. I give you a combination of consensus and my own feelings. That being said, I'm all in on Brock Bowers. You want to take him at 103, even in a non-tight end premium league? I'm in on it. And listen, I know what a lot of folks are saying right now we've fallen for this before. We did this with Kyle Pitts. No, no, I did not do this with Kyle Pitts. I didn't take Kyle Pitts in nearly any league. All right. I did not pay up for Kyle Pitts anywhere. Right. But I'm willing to pay up for Brock Bauer, 6'4", 240, 37 receptions, 545 yards. He's averaging nearly 15 yards of reception. He's got four touchdowns. It's how he does it, folks. You have to also understand the context of the Georgia offense. They don't throw the ball. So Brock Bowers is by far the leading receiver on this team. He also can run the ball. He has great field vision with the ball in his hands. He also puts his hand in the ground. He gets physical. All right, he can play both ways. This is not a wide receiver masquerading as a tight end, okay? Brock Bowers is a tight end. He's an effective two-way player. Would not be shocked if he goes in the top 10, top 15 NFL draft picks. He's going to have that draft capital behind him. I am not letting Kyle Pitts deter me from drafting Brock Bowers. So I'm going to take him here at 103. And at 104 is Drake May. So I'm going to take Drake May here at 104. Stop the slide a little bit. A lot of folks here in Superflex formats would absolutely be taking Drake May at 102. Not looking back. And I certainly understand that 6'4", 230. He had his best game of the season here this last weekend. Or I should say, yeah, this last weekend against Syracuse, putting up three touchdowns, completing 70% of his passes, 442 yards. It's a really encouraging breakout. He had a really slow first month of the season. So hopefully in October, he's starting to maybe just get into rhythm with this new look offense for UNC. Drake May, he's got the tools. He's got a big arm. When he's in rhythm, when he's locked in, he's really... Uh, he, he he's dangerous. He, he'll he shred a defense. He'll lead his receivers around the field well. Um, he certainly can push the ball downfield. He has that prototypical NFL size at 6'4", 230. He's comfortable in the pocket, but he also has the mobility to move outside of the pocket. This last weekend against Syracuse, he also had 14 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, four total rushing touchdowns in the season, and we know what kind of boost that could give. So whether Drake may, you know, whether I end up taking him at 102 or, all the way down to 104 in my actual rookie drafts, that's to be determined. A lot of that's going to be the actual draft capital that he gets. I expect that will go top five in the NFL draft, but I'm not super sold on that yet. I think he could fall into that 10-15 to 15 range. He's a first-rounder, no doubt about it. Um, and then we're going to be comparing that, of course, to the landing spot, what we can project out in terms of stats as a rookie. Uh, but Drake May, I think 102-104 to 104 is his range. I'm just going to take him a little bit lower on this range. At 105 here, I'm going to take a player who did not have as good of a weekend. I'm going to go with Quinn Ewers, the quarterback out of Texas. 6'2", 195. He did complete 84% of his passes against the Sooners. One touchdown, two interceptions. The interceptions... I think really kind of called into question his decision-making. But if you look at the scope of the rest of the season, Quinn Ewers has looked really good. 11 touchdowns to three interceptions on the season. He's completed 70% of his 184 passing attempts. He has over 1,700 passing yards. And he has looked much, much more in sync. Uh, His mechanics are a lot more locked in. They're tighter than they were looking back on that 2022 tape. Uh, The arm talent is clear. He looks comfortable in the pocket. The one thing that we're always going to be talking about with Quinn Ewers relative to Drake May or Caleb Williams is that Quinn Ewers is less mobile uh, over the course of his college tape. You know, he can run, he can be athletic, but he's not somebody that it feels very natural. It's much more of a guy who can be effective scrambling. That being said, uh, Quinn Ewers has displayed more mobility, more athleticism than we've seen in the past this season, which is encouraging. And so will it be just enough to make sure he has that fantasy football relevancy? That's certainly what I'm hoping for here at a Quinn Ewers. Um, and I liked what I've seen from him in the month of September. So I'm going to go ahead here, take him at one Oh five, the best of the rest in terms of the quarterback conversation. I was patient here taking Malik neighbors. I'm going to wait till one Oh six. I want to take him even higher than that. Cause I love what I'm seeing out of the six Oh 200 pound wide receiver out of LSU. Malik, neighbors, he is athletic. He stretches the field well. I love the way he gets off of press release. Uh, He is a danger, you know, playing along the boundary. He's a threat moving over the middle of the field. He has 46 receptions over six games, 771 receiving yards. He's averaging nearly 17 yards a reception, and he has six touchdowns, including two multi touchdown games. You look at his. His stat line, it's only increasing as he gets into the SEC schedule. You could see LSU is really relying on him to get through some close games. They just got by against Arkansas, 8 receptions, 130 yards. They just lost out against Old Miss, 8 receptions, 102 yards. They just sneaked by Mizzou, 6 receptions, 146 yards. They're going to Malik Neighbors when they need a big play, and Malik Neighbors consistently comes up and makes that big play. I'm willing to lock it in here. First round draft capital, Malik Neighbors. I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL. I think he's somebody who, obviously, depending on the offense, he'll project very well into it. He could be an X. He could be a wide receiver one. But he's the type of guy that if he ends up being the wide receiver two on a good offense, just lock it down. Like Lock it in. Malik Neighbors will be a fantasy football difference maker. All right, 107 here. I'm going to go with J.J. McCarthy. I'm a big fan of J.J. McCarthy. I've been driving the J.J. M. hype train, I feel like, all offseason long, but I do feel like folks are starting to catch on here. 11 touchdowns to 3 interceptions, nearly 1,300 yards in his first 6 games, 77% completion. He controls the game well. He is a game manager in the absolute best sense of that word, and we've seen this season on multiple occasions him showing off a lot more arm talent than he's been asked to show off in the past. He also displays good mobility, 133 rushing yards on 20 carries and 3 touchdowns. I love his ability to throw on the run, the accuracy does not drop off. JJ McCarthy will be looking back on this, you know, in 107 it might feel a little high right now, but we're going to be looking back on this and saying, yeah, that's that's pretty spot on, if not maybe a little too low. You know what? The running back class overall at the top, it's been disappointing throughout the first six weeks of the college football season. There's no other way to define it here, but that being said, I'm willing to lock it in. I'm willing to lock it in right now. The running back one, here it is. I'm going to be shocked if I pivot off of this position. It's Braylon Allen, 6'2", 240. I love the size. I love the production profile. 73 carries so far this season, he's averaging 6.5 yards per carry, 470 yards, 7 touchdowns, 5 touchdowns over his last 3 games, a little bit of a slow start to the year, but overall here we're looking at 300 plus yard games, the question for Braylon Allen the whole way through is going to be receptions, can he catch the ball? Well, you know what? He has never been asked to catch the ball previous to this season. He had 13 receptions in the first 2 games of this season. He has 18 receptions overall so far this season. So I think he's proving that he can. He can catch the ball, which means, you know, you can project, you could plug him into projections for 25 to 30 receptions as a rookie. That's more than enough. That is more than enough for a guy who's going to get the ball on the ground 200 plus times. If anybody if anybody is going to get drafted in the first round from the running back position at this point in time, I think Braylon Allen has the best shot of it. I don't think anybody will. I think this will be a year where those running backs go off the board the turn of the second. But if anybody's going to sneak in, it's going to be Braylon Allen. At 108, I'm taking him in this rookie mock draft. And I'm quite frankly, I'm ready to lock him in. Lock him in as the running back one. 109 here, I'm going to go Shadur Sanders. You know, there's a lot of factors that come with Shadur Sanders. 6'2", 215. I like what I've seen from Sanders. I like his pocket presence. I like his uh, processing, his mobility. You know, I wonder if he is going to declare in this year's draft. I think there's probably a good chance that he waits till 2025, especially because if you look at the strength of the 2024 quarterback class, it is a lot stronger uh, than the strength of the 2025 quarterback class, at least, you know, today, looking at it in early to mid-October. Of course, that could always change. Nonetheless, if Shador Sanders does declare, quite frankly, regardless of his draft position, regardless of whether he goes in the first round of the NFL draft, he's going to end up being a first round rookie pick because we've already seen through this Devy offseason how excited people got for Shador Sanders. And that was before he proved anything. And he certainly has proved a lot uh, this this first six weeks of the season, you know, over 2,000 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. You really have to give Shador Sanders credit. Only two interceptions playing behind one of the worst, one of the absolute worst offensive lines uh, in college football. So you have to give him a lot of credit and certainly is uh, worthy here of being selected at 109. At 110, I'm going to go Keon Coleman, 6'4", 215. What we've seen at the, uh, the best of Keon Coleman has been absolutely awesome great deep ball threat uh, you know for his size for being six he's got awesome speed running in a straight line boundary threat in the absolute definition of the term uh, can be a big touchdown guy in the NFL you know somebody who averages 8 to 12 touchdowns a season like can just be really effective in that way um, but he's kind of fallen off the map a little bit you know he had 12 receptions for over 160 yards and four touchdowns those first two games of the season and since then, since October, or sorry, since uh, September 9th, over the last month, he has eight receptions for 108 yards, uh, two touchdowns. So it's just kind of really fallen off a little bit. I think it's fine, but you know, I would have taken Heon Coleman in a mock draft closer to 105, 106, and now I'm taking him here at 110, 111. I'm gonna go with Travion Henderson. All right, 510, 212. Uh, Henderson, you know, if with the eyes, yeah, it's still there. You still see that explosiveness. You still see, uh, you know, good vision. I, I'd like to see a little bit more consistent play strength. I think we've certainly seen examples of play strength. It looks like the injury, you know, might be factoring into things a little bit, keeping him off the field a little bit again, you know, so far this year. But just 44 carries through four games. He's only logged four games so far, 295 rushing yards, five touchdowns. You know, when he's on the field, when he's healthy, when we can see that explosiveness, it all looks good. I I just think that he's kind of fallen out of that running back one conversation. And in a weak running back class, that means you're going in the back end of the first round. And then 112, you know, I just had to do it, folks. Had to sneak him in, had to push him into that first round. It's 6'3", it's 187 pounds. It's Troy Franklin, the wide receiver out of Oregon. 32 receptions, 535 receiving yards, 16 and a half yards per reception, seven touchdowns in five games, three multi-touchdown games for Troy Franklin. And Oregon, folks, they really haven't even gotten into it yet. He's going to have some big opportunities, starting with Washington, to really show what he's all about. They're going to have those primetime games throughout the Pac-12 schedule. It's going to be really, really exciting to watch the the national attention, the national, national consensus come uh behind Troy Franklin. I think you can lock him in at this point in time as a top 50 NFL draft selection. And I think there's an even better chance he goes in the first round here of the 2024 NFL draft. You know that's my guy. That's the rookie big board wide receiver right now. You know, that is the guy. You know, put the put the brand stamp behind him. It's Troy Franklin and he's coming off the board in the first round of this Superflex rookie mock draft. Now, we're going to move pretty quickly here through the next 36 picks. I like to give the first round a lot of the attention, uh, but let's go ahead and get into round two here. 201, Amika Ibuka, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, justified if you would have taken Amika Ibuka here as high as 109, 110. I think he's proven to be what he needs to be, but I also think we understand now that there's only one wide receiver one at Ohio State, and there's only one wide receiver one In this class, but Amika Buka, really talented guy. Depending on landing spot and draft capital, he could be end up being a a locked in late first round selection. Xavier Worthy, he's really bounced back from some suspect 2022 tape. It really reflects his true freshman 2021 tape. He's explosive. He's got great hands. He's a playmaker. He can work underneath. He can work well moving downfield. A lot to like about Xavier Worthy, and I think he's going to be in the conversation as a top 50 NFL draft pick. At 203 here, I'm going to go Roma Dunze. Dunze has been super productive. He's worked well, uh, you know, stretching downfield, helping that Washington passing attack work into the deep field. I think we're gonna learn a lot about Adunze here, starting with Oregon this week. And then we're, go- we're gonna really learn here as they get into their Pac-12 schedule, you know, playing Oregon State, um, playing Utah, some of these tougher defenses that they'll have to go up against. I'm not sure if they have UCLA, if they pull UCLA this year, but that's I think when we're gonna learn a little bit more about Roma Dunze. Uh, this is a great reflection of consensus over my rankings. Roma Dunze, you'll see, is lower on my rankings. I'm just not there on consensus, but I also know consensus probably would. A lot of people have Roma Dunze in the first round, so I didn't want to let him slide too far. 2 of 4 here, Blake Corum. Again, I'm a little bit lower on Blake Corum here, but it's important to point out that he's looked healthy. He's looked explosive. He's looked productive. I'm uh, back with the uh, Michigan Wolverines here. And he has certainly outplayed the guy who I liked more than him going into the season, Donovan Edwards. Uh, and now I'm worried about Donovan Edwards. And, and I'm not worried about Blake Quorum. So 204 there. We're going to go here. My guy, Devin Neal at 205. So a little bit of a running back run here in the early second round, which I think could absolutely be something we see trend-wise, right? Because we're not as excited about the class at the top, we will scramble Once that first guy goes, right? So once in this situation, once Braylon Allen goes, it's going to kind of open the floodgates because then everyone's going to want to get a piece of the running back class, whether it's good strategy or not. We'll talk about that later into the draft process, but it happens every year. So if you're doing a mock draft, you have to anticipate it. But nonetheless, let's get back to it here. Devin Neal, man, he has just been absolutely awesome. The vision is there. The explosiveness is there. He's shifty and powerful. It's a really fun combination. I still don't think enough people are talking about Devin Neal. Uh, When I did the rookie big board update here, he jumped up to running back four. It's hard for me to put him much higher, but I actually could see him ending up as my running back three And if he really surprises in draft capital, maybe running back two, but probably not. Running back three, though, or four for Devin Neal would still be really awesome. And I'm certainly really excited about him. Coming in at 206, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's bow time. It's Bo Nix 206. Bo Nix is a legitimate Heisman contender. He looks poised in the pocket. He's showing off his big arm. I love Nix's ability to be accurate at all three levels of the field. He does have that athleticism. He does have that mobility. Folks, I know there are people who have been playing Devi for a while, who've been following college football for a while, and they are worried because they saw a couple Rough years of Bo Nix uh, with a coaching staff that absolutely was not doing him any favors and with supporting pieces that weren't helping him either. That transfer to Oregon has showed the absolute best of Bo Nix, and I need you to understand that when NFL coaches, when NFL front offices draft a quarterback, they're going to draft them understanding what their absolute best is and believing that they, as a coaching staff, can get the absolute best out of that quarterback. And so with that being said, you know, despite the fact that it's a really strong quarterback class at the top, I think Bo Nix can be a a top 50, uh, a top 75 selection in the 2024 NFL draft. I really think he's going to get there, and that would definitely put a mid-second round in super flex leagues at the lowest 207 is Jatavion Sanders I like Sanders a ton Uh, he's going to miss some time here with injury but he's got good hands he's he's an athletic tight end you know he is the, the type of tight end that that would resemble more of a wide receiver if you weren't watching every week he can work into the second level of the field he can work with the ball in his hands after the catch so a lot to like for fantasy purposes especially with Jatavion Sanders 208, 209, you know, I'm, I'm going to put these guys together because it's it's just holding on to some hope. Uh, 208 is Donovan Edwards, who I really like for his athleticism, pass-catching ability. I like his explosiveness. In 209, uh, you know, the preseason tape on Raheem Sanders, it shows a powerful running back. It shows a guy with great second-level explosiveness. It shows a guy with uh, good vision, but neither one of these guys have hit so far this year. I thought they were both legitimate contenders to be the running back one in the class, as I've alluded to a a few times here, but they've fallen, they've dropped. So 208, 209 for both Donovan Edwards and Raheem Sanders. These are the types of guys that we're just going to have to wait. If you have them on your Devy roster, just hold. Don't panic. Just hold. I think Edwards absolutely could reclassify to the 2025 class. A full year as the dude at Michigan could really help Donovan Edwards stand out in terms of the uh, draftability. Raheem Sanders, he's going to be 2024 NFL draft. You just got to hold. It doesn't feel good. But let's go here to 210, somebody who does feel good, Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, He is somebody who you might have stashed deep on your campus to Canton rosters. Unless you're playing in a super deep devi league, you probably didn't even hold on to Marshawn Lloyd because he has struggled to get on the field to be 100% healthy. It never quite worked out, although we saw some flashes of brilliance. At South Carolina. So he goes to USC, and we're seeing those uh, flashes of brilliance come into play now with consistency, with consistent explosiveness, with that ability to power into the second level of the field, shoot the gap, get in there. Uh, There's a lot to like about March on Lloyd. So he's going to go late second round here. 211, my guy, Jaden Daniels. Folks, I got to tell you, I could have put Jaden Daniels where I put Bo next. I like to spread out the quarterbacks, you know, just to not get too excited because it's easy to get too excited about the quarterbacks. But I think Jaden Daniels is a locked-in day-two pick. He looks like a a, a a tremendously, a tremendously improved passer this season. Uh, in From the pocket, uh, the, the touch, anticipation in his pass, the comfortability that he has under pressure in the pocket, it's it's night and day. I I can't properly express how improved Jaden Daniels looks this season in the second season of the Brian Kelly offense compared to last season. In last season, compared to the struggling, the down years at Arizona State, uh, that was a tremendous improvement. So Jaden Daniels, you know, he he's this guy who almost is a a victim of his own early success because he was so successful as a true freshman at Arizona State, and because he's been around the game for so long I do feel like folks are kind of over him they're they're tired of him they don't want to get excited by Jaden Daniels again but he folks he has game-changing mobility game-changing athleticism and now he's shown that he has great touch anticipation and poise in the pocket I mean this is what we're looking for in a quarterback if this wasn't such a strong quarterback class we would be talking about Jaden Daniels as a first-round draft pick and I'm not saying he should be that's not what I'm saying but I'm saying he is the ideal he is an NFL team's ideal day two quarterback, right? He's somebody who has these awesome traits. You don't have to invest highly in it. He needs to be coached up. You don't need to put him on the field right away. But if you put all these things together he absolutely could be a difference maker and so i think you know 211 we might even think this is too low you know 2 months from now 211 might even be too low and 212 you could put will shipley in this conversation of donovan edwards raheem sanders but like a lighter version of it in terms of he didn't have that same value at the top but will shipley he's looked fine this year he's had some big weeks but i i in, in the box score you know it's it's been good but i just think that there's not that that next level game changing playmaker ability that I was looking for for Will Shipley that I have seen at times from Will Shipley and we just haven't seen it consistently here over the course of the 2023 uh, season but nonetheless he does have a good skill set I do think he still has a late day two early day three skill set and he has half a season here a little bit more than half a season to put it all together here and gain some good momentum heading into the draft season all right round three here we're gonna start moving even quicker 301 jimmy horn jr i like him a lot playing out of the slot for colorado i think he's got good hands i think he's a mismatch Um, And and I do think he's somebody who translates well to an NFL slot receiver position. Specifically, talking about how he could produce for fantasy football. Three hundred two is Michael Penix Jr. A lot of folks would have liked to see Michael Penix Jr. as high as two hundred two. You know his stat line is absolutely there. Uh, The eye test is is there at times, but folks, I need you to understand that his injury history is significant. Two knee injuries multiple upper body injuries he's gonna get flagged through a lot of medical processes so I probably wouldn't even take Michael Penix at 302 right now if there was a rookie draft happening this is more of a reflection of consensus somebody who I do like who I do think is being uh, passed under the radar at the quarterback position is Cam Ward I like Cam Ward the the quarterback out of Washington State I like his mobility I like his arm strength I like his accuracy anticipation ability to hit guys at all different levels of the field um, so there's a lot to like there about Cam Ward. 304, Audric Estime, powerful uh running back here. He runs really well in between the tackles. I don't know that the NFL Draft Capital is gonna get there. I've said this a few times about Audric Estime. I think he's a guy who may end up going, you know, in day three, uh, rounds four, five, six, uh, even, but he's that type of guy. You just gotta get him on the field, you give him 15 touches a game, he's going to produce for you and he's going to be consistent. And we've seen this now, year after year after year, these day three running backs, when they fall into a volume-based situation, they can be impact players. And Estime has the skill set, although he won't go to Indianapolis and super impress everybody. He's got the skill set to still get drafted and still be an effective guy when given volume. 305, Jace McClellan. You know, McClellan, he's looked fine. He's looked fine, you know, and, and he's going to probably go to Indianapolis and he's going to probably test well, and he's probably going to get enough draft capital to be early day three, late day two, uh, and so he's going to be in this round three conversation, but I just, I would have liked to see a little bit more out of Jason McClellan this season, and he's still got time, the Alabama offense is still putting it together, we're not writing off anybody, anybody who's down right now, folks, we're not writing them off, we we just aren't, because it's so early in the season, there's so much time for this to change, But Jason McClellan, he's just down. He's down right now. 306, Roman Wilson, he's up. I love the speed we've seen from Roman Wilson. I I love his ability to work along the boundary despite not being the biggest wide receiver. And he also uh, works really well coming across the field on on those drag routes, on those slant routes, on those under routes, right? Uh, So there's a lot to like about Roman Wilson. He is the type of guy who will go to Indianapolis and super impress. A.D. Mitchell, Adonai Mitchell, a wide receiver out of Texas. He's looked good. He's flashed. He's popped. And he tends to flash and pop in big game situations uh, which is when people are watching Texas and they'll be watching Texas a lot so it's definitely a name that people are going to know I actually think 307 it might be pushing his draft stock up maybe more than it should be but I just know based on his explosive uh, play skill set That is going to be somebody that folks are going to cling on to. Um, I do worry about his ability to translate into volume at the next level of the NFL. So I'd probably take him more in the fourth round, but I think his name is more in the third round conversation at this point in time, a guy I really like. I think he's flying under the radar. Uh, Listen, you know, I, and, Before I mention his name, I'll point out, I'm not claiming that I nail every single player, but it tends to be folks that I do fairly well identifying under the radar wide receiver options in particular. Like if I could hone in on the different positions in terms of my ability to evaluate them and and really get the best out of their fantasy football, I would rank wide receiver at the top. Um, and so I'm just going to throw a name out there. I just want it to be on your radar. Jamari Thrash out of Louisville, Georgia Southern transfer. He's looked really, really good early on this year. I think he looks twitchy. I, I think he, he is a is a solid route runner. I think he could develop a little bit more in that category, but I think he's a solid route runner. I love his hands. And, and you could see that Louisville makes it a point to get him the ball any way they can. You, really, you love to see it here at 308. That's the type of guy you want to be drafting in the late third round of your rookie drafts. 309, Malachi Corley out of Western Kentucky. Super productive guy over the course of his college career. Good hand, super productive. Um, 310, Brian Thomas Jr. Everybody, rightly so, is paying attention to Malik Neighbors in that LSU offense. And we've talked about his quarterback, Jaden Daniels. But Brian Thomas Jr., 6'4", 200 pounds. He's got that prototypical boundary NFL receiver size. And he's been super productive for the Tigers as well. 311. Cade Stover here's a tight end folks third only the third tight end that I've mentioned so far Cade Stover out of Ohio State two-way tight end has spent his entire career blocking and all of a sudden Ohio State has decided that they're going to get him involved in the passing game this year and he certainly has looked like uh, he could absolutely contribute with good hands uh, with consistency in the passing game so there's a tight end for you 312 Bo Collins Bo Collins has the size, I believe he has another year of eligibility, this is the type of guy that could wait and reclassify, Uh, but I like Bo Collins in terms of his size, his abilities, boundary threats, we've seen these awesome highlights of Bo Collins, it's just not getting there consistently, and I have been chalking that up to the Clemson offense, but Kate Klubnik is starting to put it together, so if Bo Collins doesn't start to put it together, it's not the Clemson offense anymore now, is it? All right, round four one more round to go here 12 more names to know here and let's start with 401 sam hartman sam hartman definition day three quarterback but he's the type of guy that's going to hang around on an nfl roster second string maybe practice squad maybe gets bumped up back and forth throughout the preseason but when he gets his shot he's going to show Good processing ability, good uh, decision-making. He has good enough arm talent. He's got good enough athleticism. He's that type of guy that NFL teams are absolutely going to like for that grittiness, for that leadership ability. 402, Ray Davis, another guy, but we've been waiting a long, long time to see actually get to the NFL draft. He started at Temple. Uh, nearly a thousand yards as a true freshman. Then he goes to Vanderbilt, goes over a thousand yards. Then he transfers to Kentucky, and now he's started to have some back-to-back big weeks here, uh, and he's really going to get highlighted as a bruiser running back, chopping it up here, shredding up SEC defenses. 403 Xavier Leggett, not the wide receiver out of South Carolina that I expected to be talking about. Antoine Wells Jr. He's absent from this rookie mock draft. He just hasn't been able to get on the field and get healthy, and so he had to be left absent of it, despite the fact that he was somebody who I really liked going into the season but instead let's talk about the guy who has stepped up in his place Xavier Leggett you know good size really fast for his size he works really well moving over the middle of the field he works well after the catch uh, he's shown good hands good playmaking ability a lot to like here about Xavier Leggett the wide receiver out of South Carolina 404 Jalen McMillan the forgotten about wide receiver out of Washington here we also you know certainly could but Polk in this draft as well and in the same conversation here, but can only fit so many Washington wide receivers. Uh, Jalen McMillan, more of a possession, more of an underneath you know, consistency guy. I think McMillan is much more in that day three draft conversation compared to a Dunze who will go day two. Uh, So his uh, draft position here is reflective of that. All right, coming in here at number 405, we're going to go with Johnny Wilson, the wide receiver out of Florida State. Quite frankly, folks, not somebody who's super exciting to me. Uh, but he's got big size. He's very exciting to a lot of other folks. There are folks who are ready to take Johnny Wilson in the second round. Here is a a little thing that I like to remember when evaluating wide receivers, and it sounds very simple, but it is something that every single year we overlook, and every single year we're the surprised Pikachu meme, right? We act surprised. We're like, how could this possibly have happened? How could this player not have translated? When wide receivers have bad hands, It's not good for their projection to the NFL, folks. I swear I talk about this every single year. I'm not even going to mention the obvious wide receiver prospect from last year that I talked about this over and over again, and he has been outplayed by his TCU teammate who was drafted in the seventh round. All right, when when wide receivers can't catch the ball, folks, they're not worth investing in early. Nonetheless, Johnny Wilson will be drafted. He will have an ADP, and so we got to talk about him here in this mock draft. At four o six, I'm going to talk about Spencer Rattler, who I think has looked really good um, relative to uh, his play talent. You know, he's going to be drafted. It could go as high as day two. I think NFL teams are really impressed. Uh, with his ability to play behind a suspect offensive line. And I think suspect is probably being nice to that offensive line. What the key thing here for Spencer Rattler is that he's always had the arm talent and the athleticism this year. He's displaying a lot better mental processing and decision-making. And I think that is a big sign of his maturity. And I think that's what NFL teams have been waiting to see from Spencer Rattler at four Oh seven here. We're going to go Joe Milton, Uh, Joe Milton, you know, he's looked fine this season and I do think he's going to get drafted because he's got a huge frame and in, in the biggest arm in the draft, hands down. Um, but if you really watch Tennessee play this year, and you really watch when they need big plays, they go to the running back position. They don't trust Joe Milton pushing the ball downfield, um, and that's why the Tennessee offense hasn't looked as explosive. And on top of that, on top of that, the big thing here with Joe Milton is that he just hasn't looked athletic. He just hasn't looked nearly as athletic. Um, as we were hoping he would, because a big part of it was like, oh, he's this, you know, great runner and he's got a big arm. Well, right now he's got a big arm, and it's it's just not all clicked together for Joe Millen. So he could still end up going in the second round of rookie drafts if everything clicks together. He gains that momentum through the draft process. But right now he's going in the fourth round. 408 Brevin Span Ford, the tight end out of Minnesota. Uh, a little bit, you know, under the radar. Not a super flashy guy, but I think he's going to get good NFL draft capital, and so he'll get a rookie ADP for 09. Uh, Jacob Cowing, the wide receiver out of Arizona, you know, understandably so, he hasn't gotten the uh, main wide receiver attention with Tutorial McMillan, TMac, kind of being the dude uh, for Arizona. Who and McMillan is um, TMac is 2025 eligible, so that's why we haven't mentioned his name yet. But Cowing, I think, can be a really effective slot receiver at the next level for 10. Eric All. The tight end out of Iowa, who has definitely been featured in this offense. He was a really uh, kind of popular uh, draft guy. Uh, we thought he was going to declare last year out of Michigan, and he ends up going to Iowa instead to follow Cade McNamara. That obviously hasn't worked out, but Eric All has definitely been a featured part of that Iowa passing attack as far as anybody can be a featured part of the Iowa passing attack. 411, hey folks, remember Trey Benson, <laughs> the preseason hype guy? I hope you didn't take him in any of your Devi drafts. I encouraged you not to, but I do think uh, that he will get a rookie ADP because folks kind of know his name and are clinging on to the idea that he has this this special contact balance ability or special play strength ability. That's what he does well, but we, it's clear. It's clear the vision is not there. And just like I don't draft wide receivers that can't catch the ball, I don't draft running backs that don't see the field well at the college level because it does not improve for the vast majority of players when they get to the NFL level. And let's finish it out here 412 with a positive note, somebody who I do like, somebody who I do want to give a shout out to, and that is running back Jacovius Marks out of Mississippi State. Marks has been a PPR type projection his whole way through if you play college fantasy football you definitely know marks because he's always been a really effective part of the uh, mississippi state air raid offense it's kind of a check down option but i think this season he's really showed his ability to play in between the tackles well he's bulked up he's pushing 200 pounds so there's a lot to like here overall about Jacobius Mark. So there you go. 48 players, pretty efficient here. 48 players in 37 minutes here uh, that you should be watching for here in the 2024 NFL draft. If you want to stay on top of uh, the rankings for all these guys, I've just updated my rookie rankings. I've just updated the dynasty rankings, the Devi rankings, and the rookie big board consensus crew rankings have all been updated. It's all fresh. Head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board folks. I, I, I can't stress this enough. The absolute best way to win your rookie draft is to start early. You have to be ahead of your league mates. You're already taking a really good start here by listening to the podcast, but get in on the Rookie Big Board Discord, see the rankings, see how they change, see how these players move, and it's really going to help you take your game up to the next level. As always, I appreciate you checking out this episode of the Rookie Big Board.